I'm Josh, and my mission is simple. I teach tens of thousands of home service business owners like you how to grow a profitable seven-figure business. Every week, I deliver mind bombs and systems designed to help you gain mastery over marketing, admin, production, and sales inside your company. Each week, I'll open up the vault so you can finally take hold of the life and business you deserve. There is only one thing between where you are today and where you want to be, and that is the growth you're willing to endure. You're in the right place. Welcome to the Growth Vault. Hey, my friends. Welcome to the Growth Vault Podcast. How the heck are you? I am joined by my very most favoritest person in the entire world, my high school sweetheart. Ooh, she's very cute, and she's very smart, and she's the mother of my five kids. Her name is Ashley. What's up, wifey? That was an intro that I've never had before, but I really appreciated it. And it it was definitely off the cuff, but I meant every word. Uh, We're going to talk about why small businesses get stuck. There's lots of reasons, but we're going to talk about one in particular that's really important. And today I was on Facebook at my office and I told my wife about this earlier. That's why I asked her to like jump on here to give her perspective uh, from a guy named Dave Woodward. Dave Woodward is one of the uh, co-owners of ClickFunnels. And super great guy. He's awesome. And he was talking about priming the pump and he was talking about capital and the mismanagement of capital in a business. And that might sound like fancy mumbo jumbo, but it's actually really simple. So one of the reasons that businesses struggle, one of the big reasons is that their lifestyle is totally disproportionate to the business itself. And there's many ways that this can go down. So for example, let's say that somebody starts a cleaning company and they have a full-time job, and they start a company on the side, and they're making some money on the side. It starts to snowball. I know a lot of firefighters, a lot of people that have like nursing jobs or people that have kind of maybe weird hours with their job. They'll start a company on the side. They'll start making all this extra cash on the weekends, you know, $1,000 a day, and they're doing three, four days a week doing whatever. Uh, but what happens is they, they take that money and they spend it. They use it. They consume it. They suck it out of the business. And it's a huge problem because it stifles your ability to grow. And so what Dave was talking about in his video that kind of inspired this podcast was how if you think about an old-fashioned pump, like a water pump, like you're trying to pump water out of the ground, a lot of times you have to prime the pump, which basically means you have to pour water down the pump. You have to go get water somewhere else, not from the pump, put it in the pump, and only then will it pump out water from the pump. Does does that make sense? Am I explaining this correctly? But you have to prime the pump. And in your business, uh, at least maybe the first year or two, when you're sucking out all of the cash out of it, you're not able to use that capital as like seed money to grow the business. So how how am I doing so far, Ashley? You're doing great. And it's coming to... um... It's coming to mind right now of why I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't give her any context. In fact, in full transparency, I'm standing in my garage. This is one of my favorite places to record podcasts. Uh, and I texted her. I said, come outside. I want you to be on my podcast. And she said, uh, okay, question mark. And then she walked outside. <laughs> That's all she knows, right? But now I'm starting to understand because this is not just a hard spot for a business and a business owner. This is really like gross as an entrepreneur wife or an entrepreneur spouse, because this is a really, really hard thing. And um, I'm just going to throw it out there. I mean, you might want to go in four different directions. I don't know. But um, the entrepreneur sometimes will, entrepreneur spouses, sometimes we can be 
a nag. I know, yikes, gross. And one thing that the entrepreneur will do is take money out of the business to say, hey, look, I'm winning, I'm winning, we're winning, let's do this, instead of making it go back into the business just to kind of get the spouse to uh, be in line. (laughs) Yeah, or to like feel like it's working, right? To feel like it's working. But on the other hand, sometimes we need to know it's working because there were many times in the business we were making a lot of money and I had no idea and I thought we were really poor and I like saved bottles and returned them for 10 cents a bottle. And I still do that. I still do that. But um, like that's how I bought things. You've always been thrifty. You're still thrifty. Your favorite store is Goodwill, which high five, by the way. Yeah. It's awesome having a thrifty wife because you are not an expensive wife. Let me tell you, um, even when we have money, you don't really care about that. But when it was early in our business, I will tell you one of the things that I did right, not because I'm super smart, really by happenstance, um, is I took a super small paycheck out of the business. Now with my cleaning business, Birds Beware in Michigan, when I started it, I was by myself for the first couple of years and it was a nightmare and I didn't understand systems. I didn't have a team. You've heard the story if you listen to the podcast. Uh, In year around three, things started to work. But another thing that happened was I got a business partner. Now, business partnerships are a very complex thing. I generally don't endorse partnerships in in general, although I I will. And I have entire podcasts dedicated to that because it's a whole thing. But honest to God, I got very lucky with an amazing partner named Chris. A lot of you guys know Chris. You've heard him on the show and stuff. Uh, But one of the things that Chris and I did is we took tiny amounts of money out of the business for a really long time. Um, I remember paying myself $500 a week for years, even when our business was doing $20,000 a month, $30,000, a month. I, I can't remember exactly if I'm honest, but between like the $50,000 a month consistent revenue and like $70,000 a month, we gave ourselves a raise to $750 a week. Now, it... That sounds like a simple thing because I'm just talking on a podcast, but in, in our real day-to-day life, it was really complex and it was hard because, number one, my wife would see us buying <laughs> <laughs> all kinds of stuff for the business. We'd buy new trucks and we had shiny vans and we had you know $7,000 water-fed pole systems and equipment and we would get an office and we'd get new uniforms and... But your car was a piece of garbage. We barely could pay our bills because we made $500 a week. And I wasn't a good communicator at that time on why we were even doing it or what the business was even trying to do. What were your thoughts at that time? Um, My thoughts at that time were when the business was getting all these things, um, I was really battling um, jealousy and envy because um, the business... well. Probably not at this time, but the business, you know, took a lot of my husband's time, our money, our resources, you name it, the business got it first and it got fancier. So it was almost like the business was my husband's mistress and she was always felt like she came first and was doted on. But now that I understand what he was actually doing, I'm very thankful for that. But I really really, really, really wish he would have brought me on board sooner and really clarified our goals and where we were going and why we were doing certain things instead of me just rolling up and seeing two brand new work trucks in my broken down minivan. (laughs) I wanted to Tell him how you had to go through the drive-thru. My window was broken on my minivan and my minivan, like, you guys, it was basically duct taped together. (laughs) It was so bad. It was like a clown... Oh, it was a clown. clown. Show. Yeah, it was a clown show, and I was the mayor. Um, 
but my door would not open. My window wouldn't go down. So when I went to go, my door would open. My window wouldn't go down. And so I have to open up my door to order like McDonald's or something. And then I'd have to like open my door, not park too close, contort my body into these weird things just to get my food and like feel like the shame of a thousand <laughs> shameful things. Shame fairies. And I will... <laughs> It just was bad. It was bad. Oh, and I had the minivan. So my minivan had automatic doors, which when I first got it, I thought this was amazing. But mine were broken. I just didn't know that. And literally (laughs) thankful that my kids were in car seats because one day we were driving down the road and it just decided, let's open. And so my kids are like, ah, because the door just opened when we're driving down the road. Wait, wait, wait. What were they like? Ah. Um, And so... It was really hard to show up and see the new work vans all wrapped out with the Hemis. Clean, mm-hmm. new-ish. And then when that em- fancy. Then one day the I saw that one employee had McDonald's like put on the floor of the the new brand new truck. I lost I lost my mind. You guys, I lost my mind. I just started like saying things that I probably shouldn't have because I was mad because I'm like. Well, I bet she doesn't have to open up her door to get uh, her McDonald's. That's <laughs> so funny. It's not funny. I'm so glad I asked you to come out here. Okay, so what's the moral of the story? The moral of the story is Dave was saying, who inspired this entire podcast, um, you got to prime the pump. Or let's say he, the example he gave was he got into flipping houses. And, you know, the people he would work with, he would teach people how to flip houses. And they'd make their first 15 grand on like a house flip deal. And in their brain, they say, I did it. I got $15,000. I made it. Now I'm going to go buy a jet ski or whatever. And, and Dave would say, no, 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 no. Like, what do you No, You don't understand. This is your seed money. Now we're going to do two houses or whatever. And with a business, it's the same way. Now, I, I, I didn't really understand at the time that that was a really powerful um, catalyst to our success in our company. I don't remember, honestly, why I we did that. I think we just didn't have a ton of bills, and so I just kept it simple. But we could not have scaled without having the right uh, ratio of personal benefit versus business revenue. And so a lot of companies, when they're small, Maybe they quit their job and they make 75000 a year and they start their pressure cleaning company and they have a, a lifestyle to maintain. And that's valid. I totally get that. Um, but it's going to inhibit your ability to grow quickly. Whereas maybe a super young kid who starts a business and he, and he you know, uh, lives super cheap. Um, I work with a kid named Wesley who's super awesome. And he has a house, but he rents out all of his rooms to these other guys. He has super low expenses. He's not married. He doesn't have kids. And he, everything's going into the business. Then I would meet friends and mentors like Chris Lambernini's, who had one of the largest residential window cleaning businesses in the country, doing over $3 million a year residentially. And I would find out that, you know, Chris paid himself like four or $500 a week when they were doing like $100,000 a month. And so when I look back, I'm like, oh my God, like, thank God I did that because that's what let us scale. We had seed capital, we had money to invest and scale and make mistakes and try things out. And although it was painful, uh, it was a really important piece to success. And some people feel like they deserve all the money from their business. Now, that's a weird word. Because on the one hand, I guess you do, right? Uh, what My wife has a weird look on her face. What are you thinking? I would just say that as a, a spouse, they do deserve that. They have sacrificed a lot. 
but you need to communicate that and be on the same page because they might not be really understanding what the end goal is. So their feelings might be hurt seeing the new truck roll in. And so clear communication on where you're going and what you're doing. Um, They don't need to know every single detail about your business, but if you bring them along, they will be your biggest cheerleader and clap and cheer for you. Um, But they need to know the plan because it, it did hurt my feelings. If I'm being really honest, mm-hmm. it hurt my feelings to see that the business came first. I didn't understand that really my, our family did come first and there was a grander plan. And so bring your um, entrepreneur spouse on board. Yes. So two quotes come to mind. The first quote that's super uh, on point with this topic is uh, from Russell Brunson. He said, amateurs focus on the front end and professionals focus on the back end. And the second quote is actually a quote I taught my kids a long time ago and my middle son, Tucker, he remembered it and he brought it up yesterday and I was shocked. I was like, that's so awesome because he told me this quote and it's a quote I told him, but I kind of forgot about. And the second quote is there's, there's only two ways to live your life. Easy on the front end, hard on the back end or hard on the front end, easy on the back end. So when you think about that, delayed gratification is a really, really big deal. Uh, not because you have to, you know, um, be sadistic and punish yourself as you grow your business, but if you do have big hopes and dreams and you want to build something special and you want to get there quickly and not have it take 30 years to do it, there has to be some sacrifice and some pain in the front end so that on the back end, you can get a big reward and you can crush it. And, you know, I got to be honest, that's always the case with the people who are doing crazy big things. They, they they sacrifice in the front end. They delay gratification, just like the marshmallow experiment with little kids where they set a marshmallow in front of a kid and they tell the kid, if you eat this marshmallow, that's fine, but that's it. You get no more. However, I'm going to leave the room. And if you don't eat the marshmallow, when I come back, you get two marshmallows. You know, Sadly, most of the kids eat the marshmallow. And to be honest, I'm pretty sure I would have ate the marshmallow when I was a kid. <laughs> I'm not saying I'm Yoda and all this stuff. The one mistake I made was not clearly communicating that vision to my family at the time, because frankly, I didn't know. I didn't know, but I do know now. And even when, you know, after we sold our cleaning business, we moved to Costa Rica. I started, you know, Send Gym. We launched Send Gym. Um, Send Gym, our software company that does marketing, it's super awesome, by the way. If you're not using it, you should totally check it out. But that was the hardest business I've ever been involved with. And I worked that full time plus for five straight years before I took a penny out of that business. Can, can I just ask, what is an entrepreneur's full time? Yeah. Because that's just a funny thing because it's not nine to five. No, it's not. 40 hours is a, is a hobby. It's a part-time <laughs> cute little thing, right? I don't know. I don't so, want to scare anybody. <laughs> no, I mean, if you're trying to do big things, you got you to gotta do big things. I mean, that's a totally different podcast. We could yeah, talk about how yeah. people think that they're they're crushing it and they work 32 hours a week. In fact, we can sidebar on that for a second, but I was doing some Conquer calls this week because uh, I'm a Conquer coach as well. We have over 15 coaches. It's amazing. You should check out Automate, Grow, Sell, and the Conquer program. But <sighs> this happens all the time, so I'm not singling someone out. But you know, when you do the math, you can figure out someone's like frustrated, their business isn't growing. But when you dig in deep, you figure out, you're probably working like 32 hours a week, but yet you're complaining your business isn't growing. Like what we have is an, a massive uh, 
differential and expectations on what it takes to be successful. So I'm not telling you to be a workaholic. I'm just saying it takes a big effort to get big outputs and big results if you want to do it in a short time. So with all that being said, you got to prime the pump. You got to delay gratification. So my encouragement to you or my call to action to you is look at what you can cut. Look at what you're paying yourself relative to the size of the business. If you're making 70, 80 grand a year and your business is doing 150 grand, you're sucking out 50% of the cash that comes into the business, which is going to make it really hard to buy trucks, hire employees, train, do marketing, and do enough marketing where you can fail and it's okay. And which is another issue because people do little itty bitty buffet style marketing. They do a little of this, little of that. They get discouraged. Oh, I spent $500. I didn't make anything. And I'll be nice, but inside I'm thinking $500, that's like a couple nice dinners. Like you need to spend like $50,000 and figure out what works. It, it's hard to figure out your lever, to figure out the numbers and the metrics and all the things. It takes capital. You got to have the money and the cash flow to do that or everything else gets very, very complex. So if you do have a high lifestyle, uh, don't be discouraged. You can make up for the lack of capital through boots on the ground elbow grease style marketing. There's still an answer for you, but you don't have the luxury of, you know, spending money and solving your problems, so to speak. So any final thoughts, Ashley? Um, my, my final thoughts would be communication is super key in this because, um, if you have your entrepreneur spouse on board, um, they will clap and cheer for you so hard and so long. Um, and you will, you will win. You will win if you get them on board, but you have to clearly communicate it because you're gonna exhaust them and you're gonna sacrifice your family because it can be hard. Um, we always say in the Latimer family, it doesn't matter how hard it is. It only matters if it's worth it. Mm, but say that again, that's good. It doesn't matter how hard it is. It only matters if it's worth it. So you have to clearly communicate if it's worth it to your family because I'm gonna tell you, on a random Friday night when all of their friends are going out on the town or whatever it might be, or date night, and you're still running bids or working with an employee or doing this or covering that, um, if they have the plan, it will be okay. But if you haven't clearly communicated, that's where conflict happens. Mm. Unmet expectation is the root of all conflict. So you have to really make it clear. Also, one last final thought that I would say is um, you can let your family know that you're winning. We always say that we celebrate the wins, and that doesn't have to be with money. So be really clever on the way that your family celebrates. Maybe your family celebrates with a pizza party because you have that new employee. Or there's different ways to get your family on board that isn't just blowing a whole bunch of money and using it for your life. That is so good. Like you're worked up. You're full of passion. I've that is so there. good. Yeah, I, I can feel it in my bones. I I have lived a life of an entrepreneur spouse for a very long time, and there were times that um, oh, now I'm gonna cry. Um, there are times that it really sucks, <laughs> and um, and it feels like you're alone, and no one, you know, all of my friends, their spouses had nine to five jobs. They came home, they didn't understand. They would try to like talk me through it and they had no idea what my life was like. And I thought I was the only one out there on a lone island. So it's like I'm talking to myself, you know? Mm. No, it's a big issue. And we I haven't talked about it in a long time in the podcast. So super thankful you came out here. Yeah, it's so true. And clear communication is, is the key. 
That's the main thing I really took away from what you're saying. I think that business owners think that they're communicating clearly mm-hmm. when they're really not, but they think they are, right? Yeah, and they have a million things on their plant on their plate. I understand that as an entrepreneur, you are getting pulled in lots of different ways, especially if you don't have systems. So you really have to get some systems. If you don't have systems, get them <laughs> because you're getting pulled in so many ways. And so you think that your spouse is completely understanding or that sitting down and explaining it to your spouse or having a meeting with your spouse is going to be one more thing on your plate. But if you clearly set out that and make that a priority, um, they can help take things off your plate or even just hash it out with you, um, help you get clear and focus. It's always good to have a good sounding board with someone who has your back the most, and that should be your entrepreneur spouse. Boom. I don't even think I have anything to add to that. That was really good. That was really good. So let's do as just one last effort to help these people crush it so their kids can do well and have unfair advantage in life and their business can do well and they can travel and do whatever it is that they want to do and give the money away that they want to do, whatever. What would be an example of poor communication? And by the way, there's a helicopter flying over our head. So that's the disadvantage of recording a podcast outside. (laughs) I think some people that aren't naturally articulate struggle more because what needs to happen is you need to have a sit down meeting with your family. I would even include your kids. Like we're huge fans of treating our kids older than they are, not to ruin their childhood, but because we don't think society demands enough out of kids. We think they're capable of understanding a lot of things, not age inappropriate things, but we would bring them in on the conversation and we'd say something like, uh, listen, you know, we got the company, here's where we're at. Here's the good things. Here's the bad things. Here's kind of the money that the business is making. And and here's kind of the two paths we can choose. Path A, we can take this money, which means we can go to the water park this summer and we can go camping more and we can do this and this and this. The problem with Path A is that uh, we won't be able to grow the business. We won't be able to buy the new truck. We won't be able to get new customers. Or we have Path B, which is what I recommend. Um, We keep the money in the business and we wait just a little while. We wait a season. We wait two seasons. We do some hard things for a little while. But what that will do for our family is later we're going to have a bunch of employees. We're going to have a business that's five times bigger and we're going to have more freedom and we're going to be able to go to the water park and do all these things, but we'll have something that we're not a slave to. That would be clear communication where I think a lot of people just tell their wife, hey, you know, just deal with it. I'm doing the best I can. Don't you know I'm building the business or whatever, fill in the blank with some crappy version of communication. That's kind of what's happening. And so the entrepreneur's like, I told my wife, blah, 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 blah. But from her perspective, it's a train wreck and it sucks. Hi, I agree. And I, I think we have this, you have to be vulnerable with each other. Um, you know, pressure, you're going to have pressure as an entrepreneur, and as a married couple. Shocker, right? Um, No matter if your spouse works in the business or has a different nine to five job, is a stay-at-home mom, whatever it might be, or stay-at-home dad, um, whatever it might be, is that we have to be vulnerable with each other. And we also don't want to feel like we're failing. And that can be really a, a hard spot. But what was I going with this? Sorry, lost my train of thought there for a minute. But um, oh, the pressure. You know, I think it was Nick Bailey that said, um, pressure doesn't create a problem, it exposes problems. Oh, that is epic. Yeah, it doesn't create problems. So your business, 
well, your business might feel like it creates problems, but it just, like your communication style, like if you're, you and your wife are not communicating, it's not because of your business. It's because of something else in your, in your marriage. And so you need to like work on that and just be vulnerable. And working on your marriage is working on your business. It's a really weird thing how it kind of pans out and they kind of bleed into each other because it's in your head, right? If you have a, a bad fight with your wife, um, you know, the night before and then you go to work and your employees like being snarky, guess what? Your first instinct is going to be to rage out, right? Or <laughs> or you've had an employee not show up, you found an employee smoking weed, whatever, whatever it might be. And then you come home to your wife who's like, hey, babe, what's up? Welcome home. And you're you're snarky to your wife. Like it can go both ways. So you do have to make sure um, you clearly communicate, you're vulnerable and you um, systemize. You systemize your business and you, you know, are, have each other's back. You're on the same team. Yeah. <clears throat> this We could turn this into like a 17 hour podcast probably because honestly, you bring up so many other side points and stuff. Um, but I think we'll land the plane with this and, and just an encouragement to you to, if you're someone who is sacrificing right now, I want you to, to be proud of yourself. I want you to keep fighting the good fight. Keep your head down. You're going to make mistakes. You're going to waste money. It's okay. Your business, you got to view it like a game. And so you, you, you died a couple times. You get to respawn. It's okay. You'll still win the game. It's going to be okay. If you're taking way too much money out of the business, we need to have some hard conversations with with your spouse, with your family, see what we can cut. You know, I encourage people to cut what are non-mission critical expenses. If you, if you have an expense and it's not absolutely 100% irrefutably um, required just for the business to operate, then you kill it. You reduce your pay. You do some other things to get creative in an effort to set yourself up to win. You know, a lot of these companies get stuck for 20 or 30 years doing three, four, 500,000 a year, less than a million. And it sucks because it's harder to run a small company like that than it is to run a $2 million, $3 million, $5 million company. I'm not saying one is like unicorns. They both take effort and oversight. Uh, but I can tell you from experience, it's much more stressful, much more labor laborious. There's a word for you. Ooh. Much more laborious to run a three hundred thousand dollar company than it is a million dollar company. It just is because you don't have the you don't have a team. You don't have enough humans. You need more humans to help you. So that's our point. It's, <laughs> it's like when you're trying to ride a bike up a hill. I haven't rode a bike in a long time, and I was trying to ride a bike up. Oh, and they had to push and you had to do a lot of effort on the beginning. But then after you hit the, the top of that hill, it's yes. coasting all the way yes. down. And it was like, I actually might need some brakes now because yes. I'm flying and yes. I haven't ridden a bike since I've had children. That is spot on. <laughs> That's exactly right. It's, yeah, so good. We could do metaphors, analogies, quotes, and stories all night. Yeah, we like each other. We love you, and I love my wife even more than I love you by a lot. No offense to you. Please could give me a five-star review still since I lost 300 reviews when I changed the name. Yeah, that's definitely uh, making my eye twitch. Uh, would love some help on that, but we hope you're encouraged, and we hope you learned something today. If you haven't already, join the Growth Vault Facebook group. Uh, there's over 3,000 home service businesses in there. You can ask questions. You can be yourself. We we don't tolerate people who are bullies and, and act like jerks when you ask solid questions. Even if your question might be basic and, and you're nervous to ask it, go in there and ask. There, there's very smart people, very successful people, hundreds of really smart, successful companies that are so generous with their time. It's a great group. Go to Facebook to search for The Growth Vault. 
And again, give me a five-star review. That's your digital high five to me saying, hey, Josh, that was cool. I appreciate it. If you could take like 60 seconds, I'm exaggerating. It'll probably take like three to four minutes, to be honest. If you can give me three to four minutes, I would be super, super thankful. I read every one of them and they mean a lot to me. So uh, that's it. Ashley, I'm signing off. Any final thoughts from you? Um, just get your wife on your team. She wants to be a part of your team and just love her and tell her that she's important and necessary for your for your business to win, no matter what her role is in the business. Boom. Bow chicka wow wow. Take care. God bless. If you're ready to go even deeper, go to Facebook and search for The Growth Vault. It's a free community with thousands of other business owners just like you. I'll see you next time on The Growth Vault.